0: We have a very beautiful gospel this morning, and I just want to put it into a little bit of context, right here we're in the ninth chapter of Luke, and just before this is the famous scene where Jesus sort of tells to his apostles, I'm going to die, I'm going to die in Jerusalem, and Peter is saying, no, you can't do that in anything else than dying on the cross, and that is when Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. So you have to imagine there's got to be a little tension going on between Jesus and Peter in this moment. So they go up to the mountain and here in this time, Peter finds a place that's good. He's seeing some amazing things, but his mind, I think it could be read that he's still thinking about not wanting to have Jesus die on the cross. If they stay on this mountain and don't go down to Jerusalem, don't go down to do the Father's will, then he won't die on the cross. So Peter's saying, all right, let's stay here. I think there's still a little bit of remnant of him just not quite being willing to embrace God's plan that Jesus is talking about. So he's not really fully embracing the moment. So that putting a little context, let's go back to the second reading. There's some beautiful words from St. Paul talking about how we are not citizens of this world. We are merely passers by. And he's really scolding in a way the uh, people that he's writing to, so that saying, you're allowing yourself to get distracted. You're allowing the world, you're allowing your daily lives, food, or whatever it may be, to just keep you off track. And I want you to focus on the fact that you weren't made for this world. Obviously, we can enjoy it. Obviously, we're to be good citizens. We're not to be uh, distant from the world, as we've seen from Pope Francis. He makes a lot of great writings encouraging us to treat the world well, to treat our brothers well in regards to the social social justice teachings of the church, but we also have to remember the priority of things. And the first and foremost important thing is for us to care for our soul, specifically for our ultimate destination, our ultimate heaven. And you might think, it's the second week of Lent. Why are we talking about our citizenship of heaven? Why are we seeing Christ in his glorified body? And I think the church is doing this for a reason. When we look at heaven and look at the ultimate goal that we're going towards, a lot of us have this question, what is heaven going to be like? What are we going to do in heaven? What, what is, what, what's going to go on? A lot, of, a lot of ways it's a mystery. We know we'll have the beatific vision, seeing God. But in a real way, we'll be there in our bodies. And it's a beautiful thing that we're able to sort of see from Christ in his glorified body during this transfiguration. And there's been some theologians who have been able to look at today's readings, the transfiguration, but also the post-resurrection parts of the gospel and piece together a little bit of what it's like to be in heaven, specifically for us from our point of view as human beings. And I think it's a beautiful thing to reflect upon. And I think there's a very important distinction that needs made first. In heaven, we are all going to be humans. I realize that might sound simple, but it's amazing the amount of times of people come up to me. like, I can't wait to go to heaven and get my angel wings. And I'm going to fly around and it's going to be amazing. But you're not going to get angel wings in heaven. That's just not going to be a thing. You're going to be... A human being you're going to have uh, a body the perfection of our body and what does that mean as we know there's growing up there's aging and there's parts of our life where we used to be able to do things better than we can now I realize I'm only 28 I'm still very young but I used to be able to run for a lot longer time without getting tired like 10 years ago and that continues to happen or so I've been told and but in heaven there is uh, a decorruptibility aspect of our body. You're going to be in the best place that you've ever been in your human body. And we're also going to be able to have, uh, as soon as you think it, it comes to be. So right now, we're sort of limited by space and time, but in heaven, we're gonna be able to have the ability to say, I wanna go do this, or I wanna go do that, and it just happens. So right now, my best friend lives in Washington, D.C., For me to see him, I have to book an airplane, I have to get on the car to go to O'Hare, to fly to DC, to take a train, to wait for him to get done with work, and then finally we can spend time together. But we're in heaven, we'll just be like, I want to see this person, and you can go and be with them and spend time with them. That's what St. Thomas Aquinas says when he's talking about what we'll be able to do in heaven. The other thing is we'll have particularity. We will be individual persons. We won't just be absorbed into some greatness of God. We'll be able to go, just like Peter does in this scene, he's able to recognize, oh, that's Moses. Oh, that's Elijah. And I think there's something really beautiful there because they don't have Wikipedia at this time. They don't have Facebook. He didn't have a picture of Moses on the wall and be able to say, oh, this is what Moses looks like from his profile picture. No, he just goes up to the mountain and is able to recognize, like, oh, that's, that's Moses. That, that's Elijah. He would have no idea what they look like, but he knew. So there's all these beautiful things, and the bottom line is heaven is going to be amazing. Heaven is going to be so incredible. We can't even imagine. I'm going to try a little bit. We're trying right now, but it's, it's, it's going to blow out of the water whatever we think heaven is going to be. So the point is, don't be like Peter. Don't allow anything in the world, anything that's bringing anxiety or disturbing your peace, don't allow your peace to be disturbed. Stay focused on the goal. Recognize that whatever is going on in life right now, it's worth it. It's worth it. And we recognize that this time of Lent is sort of a shorter version of reminding us what it's like to go through the whole life, our whole life. Sometimes it can be tough. Sometimes that thing we really that we've given up over the last couple weeks now, we really want to watch TV or, or eat that chocolate cookie. But it's totally worth it in the end to be able to go through Lent saying, all right, here is Easter, we've made it to the goal. But to remember that while Peter was there on the mountain, he allowed himself not to fully embrace that transfiguration. He allowed himself to be worried with other concerns, to not recognize that this was one of the most beautiful things that have ever happened in human history. God appearing with saints, it was a beautiful moment. Guys, we go to mass every single week. We witness a miracle that is a window into heaven. We're literally seeing Christ. Take advantage of that. Take advantage of this time in which the Lord wants us to come away from whatever we've been doing during the week, to just sit and rest with Him. To sit and allow Him to say, this is why you're going through life, to ultimately to be with me. Don't allow the beauty of the Mass to be something that just slowly disappears in our mindset, right? This is the best part of our week. This is the most important part of our week. And for each of us, I just really encourage you, try to get a little bit more out of it. Try to actively participate. What is the Lord trying to tell me in the readings? What is the Lord trying to tell me in the Eucharistic prayer? There's some beautiful parts of our faith, and the Lord is speaking to you, in particular, with today's liturgy. So as we get closer to another miracle on the altar, when Christ comes down and turns that bread into his body and blood, ask himself, Lord, What gift do you want to give me today?